It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Dr. Ronald Hurth joined Atrium Medical Center in 2014 and has been practicing in the Cincinnati area for the last five years. He's board certified in obstetrics and gynecology, and he has a patient-centered philosophy of care. And he's joining me today on Amy's Table to talk about getting ready for baby with preconception health and prenatal care. Welcome, Dr. Hurth. Thank you, Amy. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about what is a momentous time in any woman's life, and what are some of the steps that a woman can take to increase her likelihood of having a healthy pregnancy and baby before she even conceives? I think uh, the first thing I would say is probably get your annual exam up to date with both your OBGYN and your primary care physician. Um, During those exams, you can talk about whether or not um, you're expecting to Uh, try to conceive in the next year. And if so, um, there are a few things that you can do to help prevent anything, um, help prevent uh, bad things from happening. Uh, The first thing I would say is um, get your vaccines up to date. Um, They'll probably do some screening for things like diabetes or thyroid disorders possibly. Um, They would also check some immunity for other things that we can vaccinate for. And then, obviously, get your um, pap smear and um, STD testing up to date as well. Um, Most doctors would would, uh, recommend that you start a prenatal vitamin several months before trying to conceive. And the reason is that our diets are definitely deficient in several um, vitamins that, uh, that the prenatal vitamin can help bring your blood levels up to normal levels. So get your house in order. <laughs> yeah, right. Get your house in order. The other thing, uh, a lot of people that have medical problems, certainly uh, well-controlled medical problems like high blood pressure or diabetes are much better for a pregnancy than those, than those that are uncontrolled. Um, so certainly um, see your family doc about those things. So once a woman becomes pregnant, what can she expect from her first OB visit? Yeah, uh, I think... If you have not seen the doctor in the past year to get all those things that we talked about, then we oftentimes do a lot of that at the first OB visit. But I think you can expect a head-to-toe exam um, and probably some blood work. Um, You know, a lot of times we'll do an ultrasound that day. Sometimes we might schedule an ultrasound, or sometimes it's if it's too early, we might say, oh, well, we probably need to wait a few weeks for an ultrasound. Um, There might be additional blood work to do in a few days, um, and depending on the exam and what we find, uh, we could be doing some other things. But most of the time, it's just uh, an exam and maybe an ultrasound. And of course, you know, once a woman becomes pregnant, her whole focus is let me deliver a healthy, you know, baby. And what genetic testing is available now? Oh, there's so many genetic tests available, and this this um, this field is exploding right now with technology, um, and it, it can be very very confusing for patients, and and somewhat confusing for us sometimes too to keep up with the technology. But uh, right now, I think the best um, tests that are on the market are something uh, for for um, 
genetic screening is uh, something called free fetal DNA. And basically what that does is it checks for little pieces of the baby's DNA floating around in your bloodstream. Um, now, you have to give that time to develop, so uh, those that's a blood test that we can do after 10 weeks. But it's certainly less invasive than the testing we've done in the past with amniocentesis and chorionic villus sampling and things like that. Those are all screening tests, so they would have to be, if you had a positive test, they would have to be followed up with a um, with a uh, amniocentesis. Um, so there are two different kinds of problems that can occur. One is a gene defect, and genes are the um, little units of DNA uh, that are organized together that you know make you express certain things like brown hair or blue eyes or dark skin or light skin. Um, and those things can have mutations like, and for instance, in people with cystic fibrosis or sickle cell anemia. So those things we can test for separately. Things like Down syndrome are, are a um, actual chromosome defect, and chromosomes are the kind of bigger structure of DNA put all together that we can see with a microscope. And those things are oftentimes checked with um, things like the free fetal DNA. Those are related to a woman's age um, because those kind of chromosomal mistakes are made um, as you age. Um, the gene defects are not related to age, and those are sporadic. So there is so much information available to us. Technology is just amazing. And what are some of the symptoms or body changes that women might experience throughout their pregnancy, and what can they do to stay really healthy and comfortable? Oh, my goodness, Amy, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> so... So I think um, in the first trimester, women often complain about nausea and vomiting a pregnancy. Um, that's probably one of the biggest complaints. Uh, you know, taking your prenatal vitamin every day will actually help decrease nausea. Some women say, well, when I take it, it makes me feel like I'm going to um, get sick. But for the most part, if you take it every day, overall, in the long term, it helps decrease nausea. The other thing that you can do is get vitamin B6 over the counter, um, and you can take that a few times a day. Um, or um, sometimes some sleep aids like Unisom can help. Um, if the nausea and vomiting is still bad enough that uh, you need to talk to your doctor about it. Certainly, it is something we discuss all the time. So don't feel like you have to live through it or trudge through it because you don't. The other things that you can do without taking other medications are eat small, frequent meals. Um, it's oftentimes if your stomach gets empty or if you eat too much, like two big meals a day, um, that will increase your nausea. If you eat a high-protein, low-fat, low-carb diet, sometimes that helps with the nausea. Things like ginger can help. Um, so if you like ginger ale or raw ginger, that can help uh, decrease um, nausea and vomiting in pregnancy as well. You know, it's funny. I remember when with expecting my kids the first trimester, I felt like I had a super sense of smell, and every smell made me want to be sick. <laughs> but, yeah, and that, my wife did that, too. In her entire pregnancy, she did not want any, like, bacon or sausage, and I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But then you reach a point where you feel just like a million bucks, and you wish you could bottle that for the rest of your life without the belly. You know, what causes yeah. you to feel so great at one point in your pregnancy too. I think that's called, that's what we call the honeymoon trimester. That's the middle <laughs> trimester. And, uh, 
you know, I think um, it, it may be just more of a relative thing. You know, you start feeling normal again, your fatigue goes away, the nausea goes away, and after going through that rough first trimester, you're often like, wow, um, I feel like a normal person again. So it's probably a relative that you feel relative that you feel like in the right. books, just back to normal, really. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. Well, how important is it to practice, you know, a good exercise habits and nutrition during your pregnancy? And can you do just all the same stuff you did before you were pregnant? Absolutely. Uh, for the most part, unless you're doing um, some, um, you know, skydiving or scuba <laughs> diving, you can, you can pretty much do whatever you were going to do beforehand. Um, you know, you always want to discuss any exercise regimen with your doctor or anything like that, but eating eating a healthy diet, staying fit, and coming into the pregnancy with a normal weight really does decrease your risk for many, many things, including gestational diabetes, um, preeclampsia. The risk of C-section is often linked to obesity and being overweight. So all those things can be normalized by eating a healthy diet and being active. Um, so most of the time when people come into the pregnancy, you know, they're not feeling well and their exercise habits kind of go by the wayside, but we would encourage people to continue to exercise because it does make you feel better. And in the long run, the fitter you are when you go to deliver, the easier that will be for you as well. Right. And then the fitter you'll be after delivery, and it'll be that much easier to take care of your new little bundle of joy. Well, it's interesting. I've been noticing at my yoga classes, there's always one or two pregnant women, and the instructors all seem to know how to, you know, tell them to amend their practice to be able to fit in. So absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's great. Yoga is great. Cardio is great. Um, you know, we have people that do, you know, that train for marathons and do long distance running. And as long as you're used to that, that's great. I mean, you know, things like putting in the middle of your pregnancy and uh, beyond that, putting yourself at risk of getting your belly hit with things like volleyball or, you know, football or something like that is probably a bad idea. Right. <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, I think it's fine. It's great. Well, as you reach the end of a pregnancy, of course, you're, uh, when I was pregnant anyway, I was just sure I was always going into labor. <laughs> and so yeah. what's the difference between Braxton Hicks and real contractions? Yeah. Um, well, first off, labor is, the definition of labor is um, contractions that cause cervical change. So if your cervix isn't changing, then you're not in labor. And a lot of times that's really confusing and hard to hard to find out. The other thing is that lots of things feel like contractions. Um, lots of muscle spasms in your back or your pelvis, uh, you know, in your abdominal wall, those kind of things can oftentimes get stretched. And when they get stretched, they spasm back. And the, those feel like contractions sometimes. So in general, a contraction is, starts at the top of, um, top of your uterus, which in third trimester is at the top of your belly. And it is a intense, um, an intense pressure pain that then spreads throughout your entire abdomen and it lasts for 60 to 90 seconds then it'll go away for a few minutes that intense pressure pain is so bad that women often have to like stop in their tracks and be like and really breathe through it um you know so uh braxton hicks are when your uterus gets tight you'll feel that tightening feeling but it doesn't really hurt too much or maybe you get a little crampy um but certainly those contractions um they are unmistakable i would say (laughs) well i think it's great i can tell just by speaking to you today that you you know sort of lead your patients through the entire pregnancy with lots of great information and and reassuring information as well and you can find out more about dr ronald hurth by visiting atriummedcenter.org forward slash maternity. 
Dr. Hurth, thank you so much for joining us today on Amy's Table. Thank you very much, Amy. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Important holiday PSA. Do not sleep on Old Navy's Jingle Jammies. From iconic plaids to candy cane stripes to merry elves, Old Navy has every festive pajama print for the fam at prices that would make even Santa jealous. Want to match everyone in Buffalo checks, even your dog? Go for it. Sorry, not sorry. But these PJs sell out fast. So pop by an Old Navy store or visit OldNavy.com.